0: Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Matthew chapter 7. I just want to share something, man. I just believe that this has just been on my heart. I'm really excited about speaking about it um, all week. And I want to talk about the path. You could call this the journey. But I just—I think I'll title it The Path. How many knows God's got a path for you? Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a path for you. I hope you're on the right one. Tell them again, I hope you're on the right one. If you're not on the right one, you can get on the right one today, amen? So let's look at this. Matthew chapter 7. It says, enter by the... Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to dest- to destruction. And there are many who go, I- who go in by it. Enter the narrow gate. For wide is the gate. broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate. Look at this. And difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are a few who find it. Now, I just want to set this up and I want to go into literally five things that I'm going to say that will help us with the path. Five things that would help us with the path. As I I stated earlier, how many knows that God has a destiny for your life, right? But let me just say this. You know what agitates me and sometimes in my personal time, is I'm like, God, why can't, why doesn't people just see it? I mean, you know what I'm saying? But how many knows it takes divine revelation to see the path God has for you? Without revelation, the divine unveiling, you're totally oblivious to what all God has for you. You could be in this room this morning in need of healing, but it takes revelation to know that God's a healer in this house. You could need deliverance. But it takes revelation to know that that realm is available in this room, right? And we know this, that we had the promise of His Word where two or three are gathered. There He is in the midst. And with all the people in this room, He sure ought to be what? In the midst of us. And if He's in the midst of us, then anything is possible. Why? Because God is in our midst. Now, Obviously, I've been looking at the map and the things I've been preaching a lot, and I've been thinking about the path of the journey of where I started and where I'm at today and where I believe I'm headed. How many knows that God's got a beginning and God's got a destination for you to get to? Look at your neighbor and say, He's got a finish line for you. And here's the deal. We all want to get to the finish line. We don't want to stop short, but we want to make it to the finish line. So let me just pray right quick. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for every person gathered in this room. I thank you for every destiny, every life that sits before me this morning. I pray today that you would help me to communicate your heart, help us to realize that you have a path, and help us to get busy upon that path today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, now let's look at a couple of things. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the Ecclesiastes says that everything under the sun has an end and a beginning. A start and a finish. Everything has has a source of true origin. Whether it be in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, with the intent of true purpose. Completion and fulfillment. It is between the start and the finish that is paramount. How many knows it? it's easy to start the race? It's another thing to complete the race. Come on somebody. But God is wanting a completion out of us. And how many knows this? It doesn't matter where you start. It's where you end up. I wish I could get some help. Maybe I'll say something good in a minute, okay? Let's go right here to Psalms 23. Psalms 23. This is going to be good or it's been good for me anyhow. <clears throat> Psalms 23. It says that under the sun, everything under the sun has a beginning and an end. Now let's look at Psalms 23. Psalms 23. And you think about the path. It says this. How many knows that Psalms 23 is also not a funeral psalm? It is a psalm of going through. It's not a psalm of going going down. It's a psalm of going through. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever know this in Psalms 23 he's the good shepherd who leads and guides prods and protects as we travel with him what is from the beginning to the end know this that I'm never alone come on somebody on every part of the journey God is with me whether it's a high time whether it's a low time whether it's a light time or a dark time God is always with me friend and let me tell you this wherever you find yourself on the journey or the path this morning you gotta know that the good shepherd is with you Goodness and mercy are following you. The glory of the guard, of the glory of God, is your rear guard, and the armor's on the front side, friend. That's a good sign that you're going to make it on the path. You with me? Now, how many knows this? In Revelation 22:13, it says that He is the Alpha and Omega. This is speaking of God. God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So you know what that tells me? He's already saw my journey. He's already saw my journey. Nothing takes God by surprise. It may catch us by surprise, but it never takes God by surprise. He's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So God sees the path that He has for you. And what I want you to see today that every one of us in here has a tailored path that God tailored for your life. And in that path, that narrow path of life that God's called you to walk, everything for you to get to the place that God's called you at the destination, you're going to find within that path every kingdom relationship you need to get to your destination will cross you in that path. Everything that you need to sustain you to life and godliness, He has already provided, and it is found in the path. So what we have to do is not get discouraged with the path and realize, hey, that He's the Alpha and Omega. He chose the best best for me. He's a good Father, and the path that I'm on, come on somebody, if I'm walking with Him, for surely He's working all things out for my good. This is just good to me. Because I, I will be honest with you, at times I've despised the path that God's had me on. Now let me say this too. That those that have been walking with the Lord for a while, you know this, that sometimes the path, the terrain changes on the path. And the higher the call that's in your life, the rougher the terrain will be on your path. But know this, if God called you to the path, He's equipped you to accomplish what's in your path. And greater is in us than what lies before us. All right, now let's look at this. Just want to share a few keys right here. To stay on the path. Now I love reading books by authors that's got some depth or some history. That's been there and done a few things. You with me? Because they got stories to tell. How many knows this? When you get by your grandparents or someone that's been on the journey of life for a while, how many knows that they've got valuable wisdom and things to share? There's certain things that you're not going to get until you've just been on the path for a while. I cut up with Stanton and I said, you know, that he, he just he his flight got delayed and he didn't get I think he didn't leave Dallas to three or something in the morning so he literally when he said he'd come in on two wheels he did but I said let's see when we get two kids in there and they fighting and gnawling at each other let's see how well the prayer life is then let's see when the mortgage gets due and the, and the SUV gets due and all that it's just things about life come on somebody it's just things that the path of life will teach us and, it, and the things that it produces in us now number one let's just say this. It is impossible, listen to me, it is impossible to state a path when you don't believe there is a path or a God who is fiercely committed to you. First of all, let me say this, it is impossible to take this journey called life and the path that I'm preaching about this morning if first of all, you don't even believe it exists or you don't believe that there is a God who is divinely orchestrating your steps. You see, it's not by happenstance that you came here this morning. It's not by happenstance that you just happened to come to Sparks, Georgia. According to Acts 17, verse 26, God chose your time that you was going to show up, and He chose the boundaries in which you would live. He caused you to cross paths this morning with Pastor John in Cornerstone Christian Church to remind you He is still the author and the finisher of your faith, and that He's working all things out for your good. Now listen to this. So it's impossible to state a path. First of all, I got to believe that he is the author of my path. You with me? I just feel like he's just distraction in the room. I feel like I'm just shoving. Anybody with me right here? I'll pray again right here. I just feel like he's a lot of distraction going on in the room. Hold on, Ali Mike, right here. Just hold up right here. Father, we just thank you this morning. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you this morning for your goodness, your kindness, Lord. Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just cast down every thought, every imagination that would exalt itself above your word right now, Father. I thank you that you are true, Lord. You are true, Father. You're King of kings and Lord of lords. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. The first part about the journey is I must first believe that there is a path, and if there is a path, then God has orchestrated the path. Are you with me? Now let's pull this up, Gavin, you, you called these uh, you, you got these verses of scripture for us. Let's look right here in Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, verse one. We're going to read this out of the message translation. It says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all of these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. There's a key to the path right there, friend. All you got to do is just stay on the journey. All you got to do is stay on the journey. No one in here is going to lose the battle as long as you don't quit. The only way you can possibly lose is if you give up. So look at this, strip down, start running, never quit, no extra spiritual fat. Look at this, no, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both begin and finish the race we're in. That helps us out right here to know that your elder brother Jesus has already completed the race. Come on somebody, he's already finished it. Now look at this, he's completed the path. And then look at this, study how he did it. Look at his life. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in God in, in, and with God, he could put up with anything alone. Let's keep going. The other verses I said. Alone. Truly live while we're children and parents did. What seemed best to them, but God is doing what is best for us, training us to live by God's live God's holy best. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it is well, it is the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. The last one. So don't sit around on your hands, no more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners, so no one will trip and fall, and no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle help each other out and run for it now according to this verse if we read it in the King James or the New King James it says this since we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses listen to this you and I on this path there's a grand stand in heaven and folks is cheering us on because as Hebrews 11 finishes up it says that the promise that all of them starting with those that are written in Scripture and all those gone before us, the Bible says that they did not walk in the fulfillment of the promise. That the promise apart from us would not be made perfect. But through us the promise would be made perfect. So what is that saying? There's coming a generation that's going to get on this path that's going to walk in the fruition or the maturation of all of those promises in Scripture and everything that is spoken out of mankind by the by the utterance of the Holy Spirit. So what what so on this path, listen, is you gotta know where you're headed. Discover the revelation of who you are and where you're headed and what you're about and keep your eyes on the prize. What would you say? Know this that God has a destiny for my life and to know this, you got to discover who you are, what you're about, and keep your eyes on that prize. Because everything in the terrain will shift to get you from that. And you got to know that in the hard times, that your eyes are not on the hard situation at the moment. But your eyes are on the finish line. The Bible says Jesus completed his race how? By keeping his eyes. by For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to have to endure some stuff that ain't very fun if you're going to stay on the path. But it will be worth it. It will be worth it. All right, look at this. Number two, this is not a race. I've preached it before saying that all of us is in a race, but a race has to do with competition. And nobody in this room is in competition with each other. It's not a race and it's not a competition. It's a journey. And all of us in this room was what we call a family. The church is not a military. It's not an army. It is a family. Are you with me now? That is its truest identity. Sometimes family fight and we do fight. Come on somebody. But listen, our true identity is family. None of us in here is in a race or a competition. We are on a journey. So what are we we worried about? We are worried about everybody in the family or the platoon or the tribe reaching their destination. That means sometimes I've been a little further down the road than you have. steve been a little further than I have. I can draw wisdom from his walking, from his race and say, hey you remember when you was at this part of the journey what did you do? And it helps me not have to buy the same t-shirt that he bought on the journey. Come on somebody. And it helps me get along the way faster. Now, it's not a race or a competition. Listen to this right here. Go to John chapter 14. It's not a race or a competition. John chapter 14. Verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for who? You. And if I go, prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, "Lord, do do not do not we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way?" Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What are you saying in this, preacher? I'm saying that God's got a reward for you. And I'm telling you, nobody else can get your reward but you. Nobody else can get it. Nobody else has it. Why? Because God destined you to do it. God destined you to do it. Nobody else in here can do what you can do. You have your own fingerprint. You have your own identity. There's not another one ever been made. When God made you, He broke the mold and didn't make another one you are wonderfully and fearfully made and God has a prize or a destination for you to get to and you are the only one that can arrive at that destination. I can't do it for you. Matt can't sing you there. I can't preach you there. There's something that has to rise up in you as called desire and you have, to want, you have to want what God has for you and rise up to the place and say you know what? Shake off every sin. Come on somebody. Shake off past hurts, past disappointment say I don't know why it didn't happen in that season I can't explain why it didn't happen in that season listen here there's a lot of mystery on this path that you and I will never understand all we got to do is come to the places that God is good he is 100% for me and he has my best interests at heart and that's what I have to live with is anybody else in here believe that there will be things that you can't explain And where we get in trouble is is we try to explain them. We try to come up with theology saying why we can't do this or why that. A lot of times I just say, God, I don't understand. But this is what I do say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you. I trust that you've got my best interest at heart. And I just trust you. Even though I don't understand today, even though I don't understand right now, and I don't understand why I'm having to go through this, but I still trust you. So nobody can get your prize. Nobody. God doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. That's good. God doesn't have stepchildren. He doesn't have grandchildren. He only has children. And He built a place for you. He designed a path for you. And you're the only one that can find that path. All right, you with me? All right, let's look right here. In this path, go to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Psalms 37. Psalms 37, 37, you there? Let's look at this. In verse twenty-three, this is this is. Um, listen, to this. There is a life lesson. There is life lessons that are needed on the path. There's no shortcut off the path. I remember reading. I think it was Rick Joyner's book called uh, "The Final Quest," and in this in this prophetic book that he wrote called "The Final Quest." He talked about doors. And there was these different doors on this mountain or whatever. And what appeared to be shortcuts along the journey. If you take a shortcut, listen to me. If you take the shortcut, and it is tempted to take the shortcut. How many knows Jesus was offered the shortcut right after he had fasted? For 40 days. Right? Right? Remember when the, the enemy showed up to him and said all of this I will give you if you bow down and worship me. He can, you can't give what you don't have possession of. He had possession of it. We know because Adam forfeited his right in the garden and the enemy took possession of it. He had the deed in his hand. But Jesus knew the path at which God called him to. And that was to lay his life down, right? Nobody took his life. He laid it down, right? He would, he would, he didn't, no one took his life. except He willingly laid his life down. So in that, he offered him the shortcut. Now there will be, there will be times on the, on, the, on the path that God has for your life because he's, he's into getting you to the destination. And there will be times upon that path where you will be tempted to take the shortcut. If you take the shortcut, I will promise you that you will never end up at the destination. Or if you do make it there, you will, be, you will not be qualified to reign over what you have built at the end of the journey. My God, this is good, church. If you wake up a little bit, I'm telling you, I'm throwing you some, something out here that ain't no chicken feed or corn. Now listen to me. Listen, if you, if you take the shortcut, and the temptation is to take the shortcut. Why? Because the path is difficult. Look at your neighbor and say, it's difficult. There's a reason why things, there's a reason why everybody is not reigning in life. There's a reason why everybody's not reigning in life. And let me say this, the Christian life was never designed to be hanging on right here in a war zone till Jesus finally comes and gets us out. The Bible promises us an abundant life. Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy, John 10 and 10. But I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That is promised to the believer, friend. An abundant life, an abundant life. A great life is promised to the believer. Why do so many people live Beyond what God promises them, why is everybody not reigning, walking in total victory? Because the path gets difficult. Now listen, there's lessons and there's lessons in the path that God has predestined you to learn. You with me? And notice how I, I really love the terrain when it's smooth. To be honest with you, because you could gain a lot of ground in the smooth terrain. You with me? I mean, you can run. If you read the book of Ephesians, there's three literally stages that Paul talks about. He talks about running after God. He talks about walking. And then he talks about finally when you know to do all you know to do, stand, therefore girded. There is seasons in life and on the path where all you know to do is just stand. I wish I had somebody to talk to. I guess y'all all on a great journey. But there's been seasons in my life that I didn't know if I was going to make it to day two or not. It was just at a place I was hunkered down standing. And I couldn't see two foot in front of me. And I had to trust God that he was still the author and finisher of my faith. And number one, I had to trust me that he led me down the path. Come on, sir. How many knows Jesus was led into the wilderness? It wasn't some happenstance he got there. His father led him into the wilderness. Why did he enter into that place? Because he was full of the Holy Ghost friend whatever battle you find yourself in know this is sure confidence you are equipped to win the battle God never sets you up to fail he always sets you up to win and the fact that Goliath showed up today is a sure sure sign that God has equipped me to take him out and he's got my promotion papers friend the devil that's holding you back has got your promotion alright now listen on this path Psalms 37. We hear verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Didn't say the stairway. Didn't say the elevator. It said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Know this. There's life lessons. Now listen to this. The Word of God quickened, engrafted, engrafted within you and then tested and tried in you. Listen, the Word of God engrafted in you, then tested in you is what will engraft you into an unshakable kingdom. The Word of God in you, then tested in you is what will engraft you into an unshakable kingdom. Have you ever seen folk that just cave in real easy? That's because they got a word but it ain't never been tested in them. Come on. When you ever get tested the word becomes fortified in your heart. Come on, somebody. You remember the first time the devil shows up, you get real scared and start, finally you just, you're at a place because you done made it through a few storms. You're like, man, come on. You come in with that, if God delivered me from the hand of the lion and the paw of the bear, surely God would deliver me today, friend. As something comes along the journey called life, you get tested in some few areas and you get confident in the God you serve. See, you want to run away from the storm. I'm telling you to run into the storm. A plane does not get off the ground unless it goes. It has to thrust all of its engines. It thrust its engines. I mean, you that's why they stand up on the runway. they thrust thrusting all the power on the engines. What, what has to happen is he has to run head on into the wind. And what, what is what is made to keep the plane on the ground is what actually lifts it up. And there comes a place when it lifts up that the law of gravity breaks off and the law of lift takes over. Listen to you. What are, what are you saying to me, preacher? I'm telling you, if you will stand with your loins girded and trust God in every situation, the th- Thing that keeps holding you down on the ground will eventually break off, and the law lift to lift you above the storm. Now, the word of God engrafted in you. When you start out on the journey, you get a lot of word. But the word really ain't tested yet. You really don't know, you really don't know if you believe what you're preaching. Come on. I mean Martin Luther said that he had to look in the mirror and preach his own message to his own self lest he forget what he was preaching. But then when the word of God gets tested the Bible says until Joseph until jo- Joseph didn't just go stand as ruler in Egypt, friend. Come on somebody. When God gave him the dream that his brothers was going to bow down to him he showed him the path for his life. What God didn't show him that his brothers were gonna get jealous, that his brothers was gonna lie to his daddy and said that a lion come out and ate him, and whatever, when they took his when they took his coat of many colors, right? You with me? Which represents the manifested presence of God. Manifest means multicolored dimension of God showing up. And then so Joseph goes, he gets thrown in a pit. Then he finally, then he finally makes it to Potiphar's house in the in the palace. Then Potiphar's wife lies on him, says he tried to rape her. Come on, mind the scripture. Then the scripture says he's thrown into the prison, and the scripture says that he interprets a dream in the prison, and he tells that man, hey, when you get out tomorrow, will you remember me? And then the Bible says in two full years later, he remembered Joseph. So Joseph went through some rough terrain. Why? Because he was destined to be ruler in a nation. Come on, somebody, and the word had to test him. What are you saying? The path that God calls you on, listen to me, when the terrain gets rough, what is that? That's God doing a little training. And and I can tell you, I don't like training, to be honest with you. Nobody does. Listen to this. Alright. You will face situations somewhere in your path that is designed to make you sit up Rise up and mature in stature. I'm gonna say it again. You will face situations in the journey, on the path, that will make you sit up, rise up, and mature up. These stepping stones in the road are meant to separate the men from the boys, the ladies from the girls. All right? Moments that make you rise up and to stand up, which will solidify the faith and steal the convictions in my heart. So what are you saying? I'm just telling you on this path that God's destined. There will be times that you've got to rise up. You won't be able to get a hold of Steve. You ain't going to be able to get the preacher because God ain't going to let nobody be God to you but him. That's so good right there. They, I have found myself in situations in the journey where somebody couldn't help me. And God destined it to be that way. Because God didn't want nobody to help me. I remember one time I called Jesse. He said, I, just, I prayed about it. He said, I feel like God said, he's the only one that's going to be able to help you. I said, I knew that before I called you. Why you got to say that? You know what God said? Because God, listen, God's not in the business of keeping us being breastfed. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to those that should be able to be be teachers by now. Come on, somebody. He's wanting maturity out of us. And maturity costs us something. It costs us to be able to hunker down on the path. And when the going gets tough, the tough get what going? All right. So know this, that there's things on the path, there's life lessons that you are destined to get. And you're not going to get them nowhere else. You can read all the books you want to read. But listen, it doesn't mean a hill of beans until it gets in your life and it becomes who you are. Alright. Number four. You'll like this one. i found this to be true in life. That the line is on a chain. You got to know this, that the line is on a chain. You know people that walk, do a lot of walking. A lot of them walk with a stick in the hand because they worried about a dog that's going to be in somebody's yard going to come out and bite them, right? So listen this, the line is on a chain on the path. I'm not saying you won't hear the line, but you got to know the line's on a chain. The Bible says this in First Peter, I believe it is First Peter five and eight, that our enemy Roams around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Does that know what the scripture says? It says the enemy roams around as a roaring lion. The key word in that text is "as." He's an imitation of a lion. God, I... he—he—he's an imitator. He's not a creator, friend. Come on, someone, someone, that's devil music. Devil ain't never created no music in his life. He got some lyrics, but he ain't got no music. He's not a creator. He's an intimidator. And, and he and he, he he's an imitator. And he's imitating a line. There's only one line that the Bible is that you need to know about, and that is Jesus. He is the line of the tribe of Judah. And can I tell you something, friend? That when you're on this path, you're gonna hear the roar of that line. And that line is to get you fearful, to get you off the path. And what I found to be true, when the line really starts barking, I'm really close to the next room I'm supposed to get in and that God's about to do something fresh in my life you don't God, I came to I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to go home and preach this. Listen, what I found to be true when I start hearing the voice of the line and the roar starts getting loud and the terrain starts getting real hard and it feels like I'm in the steady incline, it's everything in the natural man says at that moment, give up, man, this thing's too rough. But it's on the inside that something starts turning and saying, you know what, man, I must be really close to something big. My family must be fit to get turned around. The financial breakthrough I've been after, it must be about to happen. The healing I've been contending for must be about to manifest because he's trying to get me to give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up friend. It's just around the corner. Don't you stop now. you come too far to quit now. So here's the deal. The line is on a chain. He cannot get you. He's on a chain. He's on a chain. In my early days, I didn't know he was on a chain. But after 20 years, I realized he's on a chain. And here's the deal. He ain't got no teeth. He's only got a roar. Because the Scripture says in in, in the book of Colossians that Jesus Christ stripped him defeated him and the Bible says had the enemy would have known the outcome he would have never crucified the Lord of glory when Jesus hung on the cross and was raised from the grave the Bible says that the enemy Lucifer that roaring lion was defeated friend he is a defeated foe every time you hear the roar you need to remind him of the victory friend and say listen here my elder brother has already defeated you and the fact that he defeated you is a sure sign that I'm gonna walk in victory. It's only a matter of time. The Lord is on a chain. Look at your neighbor and say, he's chained up. Get going. Quit setting back in fear. Don't let it shrink you back. If the enemy can scare you off the assignment, he will defeat you, friend. Did you hear what I said? If he, he uses the same exact defense he's always used. But it's amazing what fear. See, when you're in fear, fear play with your emotions, play with your mind. When you get tired on the path, things like that, you just there's a lot of stuff that you could preach in this. But fear, let me let me show you what fear does. When we hear the roar of the enemy, we don't just hear it, we see it. In the book of Kings, Elijah defeats and he calls fire, he defeats the prophets of Baal, and he calls fire down from heaven, 1 Kings 18. How many knows if you just seen God kill, I mean, 450 prophets of Baal, 400, no, and, and 400 uh, of Asherah or whatever it was right there, 800 plus folk, you call fire down from heaven. You was up there dancing saying while they was praying, saying maybe your God's asleep or whatever. You poured water on the sacrifice and God answered by fire. How many knows that would be a high time? He leaves this place and you flip over the first Kings 19 the scripture says Jezebel you with me? Ahab's wife that harlot releases a word by messenger to Elijah to tell him by this time tomorrow your your life is going to be like the prophets of Baal I'm taking you out. Now here's the funny thing how the King James words that. She she actually sent messenger. When the messenger told Elijah, the scripture says when he saw that. Didn't say when he heard that. Said when he saw that. He ran for his life. Now here's what the voice of the lion does. He tries to get you to use your imagination to build the video that he's trying to promote in your life. My God, that's good. When the finances get tight, he wants you to play the video of losing everything you got. When God's trying to play the video that he'll supply all your need according to his riches and glory. When he's trying to play the video that I've, I've been old, I've been young, and now that I'm old, one thing I can say that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Come on, somebody. These are the things which he's trying to play in our life. But the enemy tries to promote fear and get us to play the video out. What happened when he played the video out? He ran and hit up under a juniper tree. And the scripture says when God showed up to him, he was complaining. He called it prayer. Come on, you and I do that too. We complain, but call it prayer. And he said, God, I'm the only man, I'm the only man that haven't bowed their knee on the bell. God said, Get yourself up. I got 7,000 who you know not of that haven't bowed their knee on the bell. What are you saying? Let me say, there have been a lot of folks on this path that made it, and I plan on making it too. All right. the Bible says this in Isaiah 54, that no weapon, verse 17, formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you shall fall condemned. Now, let me say this. In my earlier thought, in my earlier days, I thought that no weapon formed against us and every tongue that rises against me, he would fall condemned. I thought this was the, the whoremongers and the atheists and all this kind of stuff. That's knocking the message that we're preaching. What I have found, that the tongue will surely rise against you in your own house. Come on, can I preach right here? Can y'all stay alive for ten more minutes? Lord, you all been jack-lagged or something up in here. But listen, what I found, what I found that you got to have for the path and know that the line is on the change. Here's the thing. People don't mind when you're in a little bit of church. They don't mind when you're driving some beat-up clunker trying to come to the church to preach the message you got. What they do get upset with is when you break the mold of what their limited, small thinking can build. I came to say something here. Let me tell you something. I told Grant, I said, if we build, if God through his grace and mercy builds a a thousand-seater church in this county. I said, we're going to be hated. I said, we'll be hated. He said, who going to hate us? I said, the church will hate us. Why? Because we jumped out of that limited realm of thinking of what they thought church ought to be. Come on, somebody. But thank God for dreamers who ain't willing, who's willing to stay the path and build what God said build and trust that if he build the house, If he builds the house and he builds a 10,000-seater, I'm good with it. If he builds the house and it ain't but a 300-seater, I'm good with it. But I trust him with the path that he's got for my life. Friend, you ain't never seen haters till you break out the mold. You ain't never seen haters in your family that'll rise up when you be the one to break poverty out of your family. You ain't never seen haters when you the one to go to college and get a master's degree when nobody ain't never finished high school in your family. But you gotta know that when the tongue rises up, God says I'll condemn it. You just stay the path. Don't worry about their voice. Listen to my voice. Don't worry about the people, son. Just worry about me and I'll do the rest. When we were over the previous city we were at, Matt can stand up and testify to this. We used to eat at the country club on Sundays. There was one of the guy at the front door who was a local pastor. He would open the door for me and my wife, and he would say, "Here's one of our here's one of our main cult leaders." That's how he would greet us at the front door. Am I telling people a lie? I say it so. It was a couple times in me I had the vision of just, you know what I'm saying, giving the fivefold, knocking about four teeth out. That's the natural man. I would have paid for him to have some implants in due season. No. But here's the thing. The problem was is he was challenged by the message in which I preached. When in his church, oh my God, when 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 the lady was told she couldn't have no children, they was giving counsel and trying to comfort. But one day she snuck away from that church and she come over there to the cult leader's church, Mine. And she said, the doctor says I can't have no children. And remember she come forward that morning. And we commanded her womb to be open. And I used the testimony that God had done through this house. And what God's done through this ministry in that city over there. Can I tell you, she don't have one child today. But she's giving birth to two children. People can say what they want. But let me tell you something. Friend, the sick, don't care what the, they don't care what the church is saying. When they need a miracle, they just need a miracle. So you got to understand... That the line is on a chain and there's gonna be haters on the path. You mir- <laughs> remember the book of Nehemiah? They tried for years to rebuild that wall. Nehemiah reads, here's the condition, goes there, and in 52 days, do what they can't do in years. Am I in the book? Nehemiah's name means comforter, he's a picture of the Holy Spirit. As he begins to rebuild the wall, two people showed up in his life. Sam, Pilate, and Tobias. They were haters. And they said, Nehemiah, whatever you build in there, even even if you build the wall, a fox will jump on it and crumble it down. You know the reason why they were saying that? Because they knew that God was about to build that. Then they said this. They showed up one day and said, Nehemiah, come down here. The religious always want you to come down to that level. Come on, y'all. I'm trying to help you here. The haters always want you to come down to that level. But you respond just like Nehemiah did. He said, how shall I get off the place that God's got me at, the path he called me to? Why should I come down there and listen to y'all? I'm here quite good at this altitude. And he kept building on. So know this, that the line is on the chain. And every tongue that's going to come against you, God will condemn it. Number five. I'm getting closing right here. We're awful tired in here today, fatigued. Listen to this. Number five, stay planted. Everything's gonna come against you to uproot you from the path. If you get uprooted, friend, disaster's happening. I'm not here to preach and say you leave, you leave, you leave us. I'm talking about the path that God called you. Now let's just say this there is a tribe that God called you to. Do you agree to this? There is a family. The Bible says this in Psalm 68 that He sets the lonely in the family, right? God does that. God chooses your family. Did you Could you choose your natural family? No, you just showed up, right? There is a family that God intends you to walk with. Now in that, in that family and called the path inside the tribe, there's going to be a number of reasons why you should get out of that family. Number one, they offend you. Let me say this. How many says... I have not been offended by the church family God put me in. Raise your hand. It's a matter of time. There ain't no hands raised. Why? Because we all been offended by a church family. That's what we do. It's just going to happen. But this is where you got to sit up and have the end time goal in the view. If you just have this Sunday in view, you're going to fall off the path. But if you've got the end-time vision or the goal that you're trying to accomplish, you know how to weed through some offenses. you with me all right so the deal is to stay planted. Now let's look at this in Psalms 92 and I'll fish and let you go Psalms 92. Mike, you won't help me right there? She's already up there. Praise God. Get you a raise because you're ready. That's what I'm talking about. Elders give her a raise. Let, let me just say this. I remember going to a going to a conference. In this conference, I mean, I knew the people there. I had, I had been with them for multiple years, longer than a decade. I'd served on their team, all of this. They had a prophet. It was going to be prophesying at the end of the meeting. I planned on returning home right after that service, but I said, I was just out of time. Have you ever just been on a journey where you just want to hear God say something even if He says, Son, you stink. I mean, I just want to hear something. I was going to, I mean, I, I mean, at this point where I was at in this season, I mean, an open rebuke was would have been awesome. <laughs> I knew that this was my tribe. I knew this was my family. And they had... The the partners, the partners, um, luncheon. I mean, my God, I'm a partner. Glory to God, card toting partner. But because I had planned to leave, I did not register. But I mean, in my mind, I mean, registration is for the common folk. I mean, I'm the, I mean, Lord, you don't know who I am. (laughs) <laughs> you with me now I mean the registration was for somebody just coming out of town just trying to glean a little bit I mean this is my family you know what I'm saying how many know that Grant don't go in there and ask when he opened the refrigerator and say daddy you know can I have a drink he just goes in there and gets what he wants why he's family so listen to this I said well so I called Catherine and said listen I feel like God is telling me to stay. I got to stay. stay. I hear this prophet speaking. I'm going to eat lunch. Well, I go to the lunch, and, and the person uh, operating this stuff for the pastor said, you rest. not he She ain't eating. Now, probably if I hadn't been at this place, I might would have got angry, but I'm just telling you I've been with the Lord, and I was really broken. I said, that's fine. So I went and got me a sandwich and ate in at my truck. Then he got back and he said, well, do you know what? The prophets only prophesying over 30 people. And said that uh, we're going to draw numbers out of the hat. Whoever gets the number, that's the line in which you will receive prayer. I said, well, shoot. So... I was like, well, man, what if I draw 30? Man, I got a long ride. I mean, that, that, I'm, I got a long ways to go back home. I got to preach in the morning. I mean, I mean, not my years of service over a decade get me any type of favor to get in the top five. What I'm saying is this, listen to me. The enemy was trying to shove me every which way off the path, and he was using somebody that knew me very well. Man, that's what, listen, the guy that cussed you out at the gas station, he don't mean nothing. <laughs> I mean, if I pull up at the gas station, some dude starts cussing and r- ripping and raving. I might get, I mean, start trying to feel around in the truck. You you, you with me, you know what I'm saying? I call Shane, you know what I'm saying? Put drawl on this brother right here, acting crazy. But it ain't going to bother me. Now, but if Steve jumped up and started cussing me, you big sorry joker, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt me deep. Why? Because I love him. And I trust Him. Come on now. But let me just tell you this. What you got to know on the path that God has got you. I said God's got you. God's above leadership. He's above the president. Check this out. When that lady told me this. I said okay. I'll draw my card. Well you're going to have to wait 30 minutes before we even draw. Okay. Well, they just so happened to be bringing this prophetic guy out of a room. And we were standing there. And this prophetic guy looks at me. He said, who's that man right there? He said, that's the first one I want to prophesy. And I'm going to I'm going right here to get me a, a drink of water and put him right over there on that side because that's who I want to prophesy. And we'll see if we go from there. Hello. I said, well... He's going to do 31 today because I just dropped the first one. Didn't even have to stick my hand in the hat. Why? Because God wanted to talk to me. God wanted to remind me about the path. Hey, I see you right now where you're at. you got to trust that God knows where you're at today. Larry, I found this to be true in my life. Buddy, when pastors wouldn't look at me and say, hey, I don't know if you're going to make it. I remember... I've had this friend I'm telling you I remember our first pastor that we served for five years she said you called to be an evangelist and I believe one day maybe you could pastor a church maybe maybe God could have that in you I'm glad that God seen more in me come on somebody than my high school teachers and some of those right around me God was still believing in me reminding me deep in my heart I got a path I got a journey for you son and if you'll stay the path and you'll stay the journey I'm gonna put something on your life that'll shut down. Mouth of all the haters. Everybody trying to push you back in the back of the line. I'm gonna bring you right in the front of the line, like I brought David to the front of the line. My God, I about got excited, right, Stan? All right. So listen, you got to stay planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish. They shall continue in every season to bring forth fruit. Why? Because they're planted. In every season, I just find myself standing. Through the dark season, through the good season, I just find myself standing. And if you will stay planted, the very nutrients that you need to supply your life will come through the soil in which you planted. Every life in here is a part of the soul. And all I got to do is find myself staying in the soul. If I can stay in the soul, God promised me everything that I need in the path is found in the soul. The business that I want to draw from, the business that I want to start is found in the soul. The ministry I want to believe for is found in the soul. Now, everything comes to get you off that path. Now, listen to this. You say, well, you just don't know my life, preacher. You know, you talk about your life, but you don't know mine. You know what the funny thing is? Is God has the ability to catch us right back up, right where we need to go. You remember the movie, The Polar Express? The little kid said, we ain't all going to make it on time. And then finally just quit looking at the watch because it seems that the train was always on time. There's been times in my life I can honestly say there's there's only been two times. i never wanted to quit Jesus since I met Him. But there's been a couple of times I wanted to quit to change the world, shake the South. (laughs) I want to throw that down because He got a rough terrain on that. But even when I found myself, and I felt like I had been sitting for so long. I want to finish with this. Can you give me five minutes right here? I want to tell you about one of the roughest times of my life. Catherine and I were, I was 25, 24, 25. And I watched everybody seem like outrun me. Man, I got the roughest jobs in the church. The ones nobody don't want. Like Children's Church. Literally, we did the Willie George. This is no joke, I can promise you. We got pictures. We did the Willie George program. And those that have been walking with the Lord a lot know that that was a huge program at the end of the 80s and in the 90s in the Church of God system. The Willie George program. They had this mascot called Rover Come of the Faith Dog. Our children's church was literally in an attic. This is no joke. And we had a winter unit. And I had to stand outside in the attic hallway in the Rover Comer the Faith Dog mascot. With about four bottles of Gatorade. Probably need to go get in it again. (laughs) Children's church. Meanwhile, when I was 20 years old, I had a belief in my heart that I'd be on TBN the time I was 23. It's just amazing to go from a big dream of just where I was at at the time, that I traveled preaching at 19 and 20, preaching every week. I was constantly booked as an itinerant preacher, to seemingly going to being shut down. Have you ever felt like God has just left you? Am I the only one in the building? Feel like God just God, where are you at? You just left me. And I watched all these young ones. All these guys that started about the same time I did. Man, one was just entrusted to some big work. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm chopped liver. And so I begin little by little of buying into this lie. Number one, that I wasn't good enough. Number, number two, maybe God didn't call me to preach. And that it was never going to happen for me. And I got to this point to where... Catherine I remember her as I was 24 years old and I remember her looking she said that, she said you know you ain't been to pray in a couple of days she said matter of fact I, I think it's been longer than a week now I ain't seen you going in your prayer room and I told her I said I'm not going in there because everything I put in that carpet I mean he's doing for everybody else but he ain't doing for me what you got to understand listen to me the path that God called Brian on is not your path That's my first mistake. I started looking at everybody around me. You can't look at the runner beside you. Look at your race. Look at your race. Because you and him don't have the same reward and you don't have the same destination. And it was in a Sunday service just like today that I went to service and I was cynical. You know what that means? I done got hard. I was like, man, I can tell you right now. I I preach I preach I preach better than twice a many these doggone jokers in here can't even have to speak. That's where I was at. How many know God ain't play he he I'm telling you, you know what God said, boy, I'm gonna leave you right there for a while. Yep, I'm gonna leave you there. <laughs> How many knows he's a good shepherd? He's got away what? His rod and his staff. Comfort thee. I was in the back. It was a visiting speaker, and he just simply said this. He got behind the pulpit, and he just started humming, and I'm thinking, "This is what I thought in my heart." Dude, just just hush and preach a doggone message, and let's go home. Kind of like some of you thinking right now. And and he said, "Is hey, somebody in this room? You feel like God's forgotten you." And when he said that, it just stopped. Boy, it was just air after air, just penetrated all of that wall I had built up. Now it's deep in my heart. And I I, I just, I just, I just kind of stealed myself up in the back. I said, I ain't going to the front. Well, the end of that story is, I went to the front, buddy, and I laid snot and everything else in that carpet, and all of that washed away. And this is what God told me right then. When I walked up and I stood before him, he simply said this. He walked in front of me and said, God said, you are not my second best. You're the very best. You're the apple of my eye. You're the first and not the last. All of that stuff that I believed about myself or whatever. And then I started realizing that the path God had called me on was not the path that he called those others on. And there was going to be some very rough terrain that I was going to be able to go through. Because listen to me, if I didn't have that terrain when I came here and the first storm that I entered in here when I got here in 2014, I would have caved in like a little boy. But it was in the dark season of that terrain in my early days that realized if God could be with me then, He's with me now. And when everybody walks off and leave you, God will never leave you nor forsake you, friend. Are you with me now? You remember the apostle Paul when they left him for dead? Listen to me. That was God out there in the streets raising him back up. So I just want to encourage you today. I want to tell you that the path that God called you to, listen to me, if you're in this place and you say, well, I ain't on the right path. You know whether you're on the right path or not. Ain't nobody got to tell you. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, it says, today I put before you a choice. Life and death. Life and good or death and evil. What you want? I'm asking you, what do you want? Do you want life and good or death and evil? Here's the deal. In the middle of the path was the cross. Jesus came to hang the cross for those that are not on the right path to get us on the right path. To get on the right path, it just simply does this. You yield your life to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and say, Jesus, I made a mess of this doggone thing. But today, I surrender my life. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of getting off the path. I'm tired of looking at the same place year after year wondering, when is it going to happen? Hunker down on the path and get planted, friend. If you will do that, I promise you, I promise you in 12 months, your life will not look the same. But if you continue to run, you will be at the same place you are right now. But if you... listen, I'm done, and drop the victim mentality. Well, if this hadn't to happen, I would if this hadn't to happen, if this hadn't to happen, no, listen, the fact is it did happen. Deal with it, friend. Are you with me now? Forgive who you gotta forgive. Let go of who you gotta let go. Come on. If they left you, let them go, friend. Don't hold them into bondage because you're in bondage, friend. Let it go. Say, you know what? I realize that God's bigger than this. He's bigger than that hurt I went through. He's bigger than that betrayal I went through. Get on the path. There's greatness in this room, but until you hunker down and commit, you're never going to walk in it. Would we agree to that? But God wants to help us get there by His grace and mercy. Come on, stand up with me. Man, the path ain't been easy. The path will never be easy. But I can tell you this. After 20 plus years of walking with the Lord, I can honestly tell you this morning, not because I'm the pastor of this church, not because I'm a minister of the gospel, but I would not trade this path for no other path I've ever been on in my life. I hope I got four people that would say that about your life. This has been the most rewarding journey that I could ever imagine. I've seen God do exceedingly abundantly above all that I asked, think, or ever could have imagined. Father, I thank you today that you are the author and finisher of our faith. Just raise your hand right here. I'm going to pray over and you can go home. Father, I thank you today that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And Lord, I just thank you I thank you, God, that you are weaving and you are building a great story in our life. Father, today highlight to me the path. Let me know that the steps of the righteous are ordered. God, speak peace over my heart today where there's been anxiety and all of that. God, speak peace over that situation. And Father, let us rest assured knowing that if we stay planted in the house of the Lord, we're going to flourish. Let us know today that the, that the line is on a chain. He ain't going to get us. Every word and every weapon, weapon formed against me is not going to prosper, but fall condemned. Father, there's nutrients in this journey and the path that's going to make me rise up and mature up. And I say that I'm ready. Don't let me stay where I'm at. Prod me, good shepherd, and push me on on the journey that I may fulfill the destination. Now, Father, I bless your people today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this week would be a great week. I pray as we go out from this house, we realize that the kingdom of God is within us. I pray when we see the sick, God, we will step out by faith to pray. When we see the lost, we will let them know that there's hope. And they they can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you. Give us words. Give us words of knowledge. And Father, give us dreams of heaven this week in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.